Hi, this is Nichelle Nichols, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Aren't we all lucky? Ed Robertson, along with Chuck Carter, and our guest, Robert Hooks. Robert Hooks, founder of the Group Theater Workshop in New York City, the DC Black Repertory Company in Washington, DC, and the internationally recognized Negro Ensemble Company in New York City. Among the many notable alumni of the NEC Negro Ensemble Company are S. Apertha Murkison, Denzel Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, Felicia Rashad, Debbie Allen, Richard Roundtree, David Allen Greer, Esther Roll, Al Freeman Jr., Roxy Roker, Glenn Turman, Sherman Hemsley, Lynn Whitfield, Rosalind Cash, Cheryl Lee Roth, Denise Nicholas, and Lawrence Fishburne. You can follow Robert on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Robert Hooks, his website, roberthooks.com. Robert, before we went to break, we were starting to talk about your motivations behind starting the Negro Ensemble Company. Once you and Douglas Turner Ward and Gerald Crone got to work, what was your thought process when you put the company together? What were the essential elements that you three all thought it needed in order to become a reality and to sustain, to grow? Well, we wanted to have a place of continuum. We wanted a company not just to do a play here and there, but we wanted to have a company that would do five plays per season, that would have a training program for all aspects of theater, that would have, and it would be a tuition-free training program. So what, what, what fascinated me about the whole thing was the training. Uh, I, because of my work with the young kids in my first theater company, mm-hmm. uh, and incidentally, the kids that, well, kids, the young actors in the group theater workshop were folded over into the Negro Ensemble Company when we started that. But, you know, my motivation has always been uh, to, uh, to, to have a place where we could have classes, workshops. We produce plays with an ensemble of actors, professional, uh, members of the union, doing five, so an ongoing uh, uh, institution, a cultural institution, not just a theater company. Uh, and that's that was my motivation to create something of continual performance, not just a play here and a play there, but to do four or five plays per season with a permanent company, mm-hmm. paying them union salaries and creating opportunities for the youngsters that came behind us that couldn't afford it in our tuition-free programs. So that th- those were my motivations. This is probably a silly question, but did you ever imagine it growing to the heights that it ultimately achieved? Well, you know, it's not a silly question. I, I, I well, I, you know, I, I was very confident when I, when I saw what happened mm-hmm. when we put the Negro Ensemble Company together. I saw the effect that it had. Uh, I mean, the company has been considered a national treasure. So it's, it's that kind of thing that kind of pumped me up and gave me the confidence. So yeah, I, I, I knew it would be successful and I knew we would uh, create something special uh, uh, that would uh, tour the world, and we did. And uh, so yeah, I, you know, it may sound a little cocky, but no, I knew it was gonna be successful. It just had too many important elements that were working for us. 
a great, great ensemble company of actors. And, uh, of course, the Ford Foundation's grant <laughs> helped a lot <laughs> because that's the only way we could do it. We got this million-and-a-half-dollar grant mm. for our first three-year program. Now, that would be about $15 million today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so w- once we got the grant, get off the table, please. Get off the table. The cat is on the table. Oh. Off the table. That's okay. We've, we've, we've had cats and we've had dogs make cameo appearances on our show. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it's, uh, it's, it's not a silly question. I knew it was going to be successful. It was, and it you know, prompted a lot of, uh, look, there was a theater, a black theater movement mm-hmm. uh, because of the success of what we did. Uh, and it just caught on like wildfire. And most of the black theater companies in the country that still exist, it's still a very difficult thing to do to sustain a company and, you know, because it's a nonprofit situation. And uh, if you don't get the grants and the sponsors from the corporations, then you cannot have a company. We were fortunate in that. And then we were fortunate to get that big grant from the Ford Foundation uh, of a million and a half dollars. And that started it all. But if we didn't have the grant, we could not have had the company. But if I had not produced Douglas's plays, we wouldn't have a company. So, you know, but uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's the only hold, of, hold back from uh, uh, people creating uh, theater companies in the communities because they can't be profit-making organizations yeah. because you have to go get grants and, you know, matching grants and, and, and funding from, so, from other sources that they can write off their income tax. So, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the theater companies that I've started or that anybody starts have to be nonprofit. Uh, now they are now they're for-profit organizations, but the real problem with uh, building uh, cultural institutions in the community is that you have to have a Democrat in the White House, a Democratic Congress, because Republicans, when Republicans come into uh, control in Washington, they automatically, and for some strange reason, they think this is a good thing, they cut the legs out from under the National Endowment for the Arts, yeah. the Education Department. It's ridiculous. So, 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 but, you know, the, what, and, I, and I'm just saying this because I know the Democrats don't do that. Mm-hmm. The Democrats want there to be a National Endowment for the Arts, so they fund it. And once the National Endowment for the Arts gives a grant, you can go match that grant, and you can start theater companies all over the place. Well, we can have an entire conversation on the amount of green you need to build, whether it's an African-American theater or any amount of theater. That's right. You know. right. Uh, on the line with us is Emmy Award-winning and Tony Award-nominated actor and producer Robert Hook. This is kind of related because I understand that another major supporter of the Negro Ensemble Company in the early years was your friend and colleague David Suskind. Yeah, oh yeah, David. Well, of course, I was working for David at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I could call on him. I was doing a series, uh, tele- the first television series, about a black police detective, uh, and Suskind, of course, was one. Of, he was a dear friend, first of all, and uh, made it possible for um, a lot of... Um, um, a funding that came our way was because David uh, made a call here and a call there and 
he was all for what we were doing because you know there were it was a period. We're talking about the '60s. We're talking about gangs, drugs. We're talking about all that stuff, and of course the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, David was right there, and David was a dear friend, and uh, um, rest his soul. He 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 did a lot of uh, he supported the uh, my efforts a lot. David Suskind, who produced not only the motion picture production of Raisin in the Sun. I also believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, I also believe he produced the Broadway version. No, no, he didn't. No, oh. that was Phil Rose. Okay. No, David was not involved in Raisin in the Sun at all, period. David was, he was very, very important in helping me personally get my projects off the ground, but no, he did not, he had nothing to do with Raisin in the Sun. So that was Phil Rose and, uh, and a couple of other people, too. This but not the, David, yeah. although David's a good guy. <laughs> very, very, very good guy. Da- uh, David Kogan was was Phil Rose's uh, co-producer on Raisin in the Sun, but that was back in 58, 59. But a lot of people may think, a lot of people think, for instance, that Jerry Crone, that Gerald Crone, my, uh, my co-founder of the NEC, was the producer of the very first play that started the whole thing, Happy Ending and Day of Absence by Douglas Turner Ward. And it's funny because uh, I produced the play. I mean, I produced the play with my first production company and, uh, and hired Jerry Crone because I had met Jerry Crone when I was doing a play before that, mm-hmm. a Leroy Jones play called Dutchman. And Jerry and his wife, uh, uh, um, Dorothy Olam, were managers. They had a managing a theater managing company, and that's how I met him. And so when I started the Negro, when we started the Negro Ensemble Company, uh, Gerald Crone was working for me at the time uh, pre, uh, as the company manager for Happy Ending a Day of Absence. But a lot of people think that Jerry Crone produced uh, uh, Happy Ending a Day of Absence. And unfortunately, it's because Jerry was the only white member. And when they see the three of us, they go, oh, he must be the producer. But anyway, I guess some people felt that way about Susskind and, and Raising the Sun, too, I guess. Chuck Carter is with us, along with our guest, Robert Hooks. Robert will share a few memories of working with Jack Warden on NYPD. We come back after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-826-5884. 800-826-5884. That's 800-826-5884. Part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash 
TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.